Let's bow forward and pray. Father in heaven, we are joyful. It's easy to talk about joy in this place, for we feel it here in great abundance. We thank you for this time that we have together. I pray that you bless this day and watch over us in what we do. Pray that we can not only present compelling information based on your spirit and your word, but that we can also hear from all of us that have gathered together to be sharing about joy, the importance of joy. There's one thing that makes me not joyful about this presentation today. Read that. This says miracle. But the miracles are relevant. With his passionate, joyful ways, was supposed to present this, and he was not able to come to camp. But all the information was transmitted, and we are grateful for the opportunity to present what he was planning to present to you about joy. As I mentioned in the prayer, what better place to talk about joy and joy of heaven starting on earth than what many of us consider to be a foretaste of heaven to be a camp together. So we're thankful for that. and appreciate the opportunity to be here today and begin this presentation. I have a question for you. Are you joyful right now? Are you joyful right now? Yes. I mean, I, I think a lot of us experience joy here at camp, and we can say, yeah, I am joyful right now. Here's the dilemma. If I were to talk to you in one week from today, or one month from today, or three months from today, would I get the same response from you? Are you joyful? Yes? Great. And yet, all of you in one month and three months will say, Tom, I am joyful. Does anyone have anything on their plate that's burdensome that may take away some of that joy? Or are you not going to be real with me? <laughs> Tom, and sometimes it's work. Work can be very stressful and Thank you, Mike. So work can be full of stress, demanding. Uh, Mike, do you work uh, in a place where there's Christians all around, there's Christian music, and there? No. No, not at all. And do you work? And do you translate scripture for a living? Your word into the Bible? No. No. So you work with numbers, right? Yes. And sometimes thousands and thousands and hours and hours and hours and hours of number creates a situation you were you maybe not that choice. Yes. I totally understand that. But and I, it, can, I, can I add something though? You sure can. I do try though to incorporate scripture into my workplace though. I have a calendar that's got Bible verses on it that's sitting on top of my computer. And I do have a pocket Bible inside my drawer and my, my desk at work. You know, Brother Mike, I appreciate that. And I'm not suggesting that ultimately you're not living a joyful lifestyle. But I'm just saying that there's a lot of circumstances around all of us that can sap strength, energy, focus, and create a situation where our joy is diminished, especially relative to maybe an Eastern Camp experience. And I'm not suggesting that everybody is joyful in Eastern Camp. For whatever reason, maybe it's not the case, but... 
but it's, it's as a percentage goes, there's a lot of joy in this place, which is, which is terrific. There are over 500 references to joy in the Bible. 500. What does that tell you? Sorry? Very important subject. It's a very important subject. Would the Lord have inspired 500 mentions of joy if it wasn't relative, relevant to him and relevant to us? I will ignore the penetrating light force and still have joy. <laughs> he doesn't want to wear one of these. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. We're good. Uh, the point is, joy is all over the world. All over the Bible because God wants us to have joy. One of the things I want us to focus on is, yes, we look forward to, to the joy of heaven. That's something we really look forward to. And there's going to be, you know, the Bible describes for us no more weeping, no more crying. And it's just something really to look forward to. That joy, the joy of heaven, can be experienced here, now, on this earth. We don't have to wait to, be, to leave this body to be able to experience the joy of heaven. So one thing for us to talk about now is temporary joys. What are some temporary joys? I'd like to start off with one. I think there's plenty of singles in here, right? Not married? Raise your hands. Oh, plenty. One temporary joy for the singles was yesterday because they creamed the married in the basketball court, right? That was a temporary joy because next year the married are going to win, right? That's why it's temporary. But what are some temporary joys that we experience? Let's start naming them off. Food. I agree with you. I love my food. Yes. What else? Babies, I heard. What was the other one? Rest, sleep. Oh, you know, to me, sleep is definitely joyful. I love my sleep. And babies are definitely a joy. When a baby's born, you know, it's a joyful experience. What else? Oh. Oh. Fishing. Oh, I don't like fishing. I can't stand fishing. Yeah. Oh, fishing is definitely a joy, and it's something I love to experience with my children and my family. The beauty of God's creation. You know, we can see the stars, the trees, the mountains, and, you know, the, the rain and thunder, lightning yesterday. To me, I, I don't experience that much in California. To me, that was joyful to see the lightning flash and to hear the thunder. Yes, well, grandchildren. Excellent. Music. Music. And music is, yes, while we're here, perhaps temporary, but it really has eternal value too. So I think when we talk about eternal joys, we could probably tie that one in very well. Okay. Good job. Career. Yeah, that can be a temporary joy. Absolutely. Reaching a goal. What kind of goals? Name one. All right, excellent. So reaching a goal, setting expectations for ourselves, and setting some kind of goal, and, and reaching that goal, and even going above and beyond, it's joyful. Friendships, definitely. 
friendships. Yeah. What about marriage, Sister Vesta? Yes, marriage as well, right? I'm sorry? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Vacations. Vacations. Oh, yeah, those are nice too. Definitely. Um, so we can see there are temporal joys and plenty that we experience on this earth. Who are able to experience these joys? Well, what I mean by who? Do we have to be Christians to experience those kind of joys? You know, all these things that you named off, and we probably can't see it here because of the chalkboard, but you know, we got food, babies, rest, fishing, God's creation, music, uh, maybe a diploma, goals reached, friendship, marriage, vacation. These are things that everyone experiences, and they're joyful. When we think about that, it's amazing that, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to experience these type of joys. You may not value them the same. You may not value them the same. So where do they come from? Yes, they come from God. These joys that we experience here on this earth, even though they're temporary, they come from God. And the unrighteous and the righteous both can experience them. may not value them the same. Both experience them. So we also have a verse in Job, Job 38, 4-7. This is part of it. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together, all these sons of God shouted for joy. So even from the foundation, from the creation of God, God created joy and is really a part of God. So that's why it's so important, and there's over 500 references in the Bible. Eternal joys. Different category. I think you list for me. Different than temporal or temporary joys, what are some eternal joys? Christ, 
That's something that's in the future. And yet, what's that through Christ? He's on the right hand side of God. We are in his presence, but we, we don't view ourselves that we have access to God this very moment. Right. Realizing that it's Right. So that's the neat thing that is really important that, that eternal joys that we can go on and list many, many more things are things that that yes, they're going to be experienced in heaven, but in many cases, we can start to experience them right now. Is it as full as it will be in heaven? No. It will, is it as perfect as it will be in heaven? No, but, but the fact that we can start to take on those eternal heavenly joys right now is part of God's plan and very, very exciting. Who can experience eternal joys? different than temporal or temporary joys, right? These are reserved for the children of God. Isn't that something exclusive to you? Why is it that way? They're also available to the people who don't know God yet. So it's available to everybody if they're willing these things come from? They're all coming from the Father, from heaven. Let's read a verse. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full. The verse that many of you probably quote, what's so interesting about this verse? Sir, and I said, we brought it right in, and I sat you in. What would you 
you observe? What would you see? Talk to me about that car. Cracked vinyl back in the days, right? What else? The road. <laughs> you would see the road from the rest of the world. Sacrifice. 
sacrifice. And what's interesting about that is that as much as he takes joy in that sacrifice, what was part of that sacrifice for him? To turn his face, and as much as it was deeply difficult, it still gave him joy, right? What do you value spiritually? What are the things that you really are high on your value list? Things that give you joy. Contentment with godliness. Contentment with godliness. Okay, beautiful. You children convert. say to me, I'll pick on the pianist for a moment, um, or you can be anything, but someone that plays piano is a great, uh, great example. I've talked to people that have said, you know, they're, they get concerned sometimes when it seems like maybe the pianist is a little too far, showing a little too much on the piano. Maybe bringing attention to themselves. They should back off a little bit on that gift because of that whole pride situation and circumstance that might come in. How do you respond to that? Use your gift just much. Hold off, brother. Sister, play that piano. We just. We don't want it to appear prideful, so take a little 20% off of that gift. How do you feel about that? Like the person who, in the story of the Bible, that God gave the talent to, and he went and hid it in the ground. Instead of making it multiply and bring glory to his name. What were the two big adjectives there? Wicked, slothful. So I ask you. When someone comes up to you and says, you know, that pianist was bringing it too much, showing too hard on that piano, and it's being pride for me, what's the response? Well, notice that in that person's questioning, that there is, there's an assumed motive 
playing their heart out, has pride in their heart as a primary secondary motive, how is that going to be corrected? How is that going to be judged? God will judge it. What about the one that has incredible talent and we say, back off, so the appearance of pride is not there. How does God judge that? joyful experiences, and there are many that were named, and I've got three points I want to show you and ask you, are these joyful experiences? First one is self-denial. Self-denial. Is that a joyful experience? Can be. I hear, I see a lot of heads, no, I hear can be, maybe, so-so. Self-denial. First of all, it's it, simple and it says self-denial. Deny yourself. Okay, for Jesus it was. Yes. Absolutely. You know, the, the, Jesus being on the cross, it wasn't, that itself wasn't a joyful experience. Matter of fact, it was painful, and he was in agony. Even before the very first nail was pierced through his hand, he was in agony. It's sorrowful, even unto death. But, it, the results are joy. Results of joy. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. So we know that we have a responsibility of self-denial, and, and God knows all things. He knows us the best. He wants our joy to be full. He wants to fill us with his joy, and part of that is self-denial, which may not in itself be a joyful experience, but the results will be full of joy. All right, let's look at another one. Suffering. Suffering. Is that a joyful experience? Can we experience joy in suffering? 
Yes. How does that happen? How is that possible? Suffering can bring us close to God. And as, then we experience joy. Yes? Absolutely. It's a growing process that brings us close to the Lord. And think about yourselves, a time that you went through some kind of suffering. Think about that experience and think about how God brought you closer. And, and when that suffering was over, how did that feel? Yes. You know, and that's a part about keeping focus and keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord. And we have a verse here in Philippians 3.8 where the Apostle Paul was describing his life. Describing his life. He says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. There's his joy right there. For the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. Mine. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. There's the joy again. That I may win Christ. So, there's not perhaps joy in the actual suffering itself. But a believer, a born-again Christian, one who has dedicated their life to God, can experience joy through suffering. Absolutely, it's deeper. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that a non-believer can't experience. That's one of those eternal joys that we talked about earlier that is for God's children. Yes. 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 Knowing God, knowing Christ, Holy Spirit, in a personal, visceral experience, it only comes from suffering. You bring up a good point, brother, that, that the suffering can help us to know him. And what I want us to realize is sometimes if we suffer, we may think, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? What did I do? Sometimes God would have us go through suffering, just a simple fact, to get to know him, to be closer to him. You know, you think about the was a, a man, young man that was blind, and, and he was blind, and, and the others started saying, who sinned, him or his parents? What was the answer to that? No one? Why? why? Well, why was he blind? The glory of God may be known. So think about that next time that you go through a suffering experience. The glory of God may be known. One more experience for us to look at and to look forward to is the end of the world. 
Is this a joyful experience? For those who are saved, yes, there's a little disclaimer there, right? And we read about the Bible, how it talks about all the suffering. It talks about earthquakes. It talks about wars and rumors of wars and, and all kinds of terrible things. But the end of the world should be something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. And yes, we have perhaps a fear for those that are lost, and we should. But we, as Christians, as God's children, that's something we need to look forward to, and others need to see that in us, that we look forward to the end of the world. And that's something that perhaps the world may not understand. The world may not understand. Luke 21, and there's many verses, but just part of that verse is when you see these things come to pass, when you see these things come to pass, when you hear about these rumors of wars and all these things happening on, and, and you know that it's coming close, and there's lots of suffering, and there's persecution perhaps, and, and there's people that are dying. When you see these things come to pass, then look up. Lift your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Wow, that's a joyful experience. Right there, I think, is the most joyful experience that we are going to experience here on this earth. After that, the rest is in heaven. Tom? Actually, this is a little picture I, I, Brother Mirko was, was defining for me. Just think about a spring. How does a spring work? When does a spring gain its height? After you compress it or suppress it. And God may work through us like a spring. He may suppress us down, but then when that's let go, that spring jumps and gets real high. It gets closer to the Lord. You can see the Lord better from up high. So think about a spring.
fear that I've only gotten over the past five or seven years at a very deep and personal level. I love those people that love I didn't know Andy at all. You were in Phoenix once and shook hands, talked about doing something together at some point with this stuff. And I stayed in this house in May, April. What month was it?
it on. Do you think it's impossible for God to have the capacity to be able to know who created us, to know each and every one, a slideshow? This, this person, this person, this person, her team, Andy, all these people specifically experienced that on the cross. I, One thing that's really important for us, really important for us, is that we are ambassadors of joy. That when others see us, when they interact with us, they see joy. And they see a joy that's of eternal value, something that they would really love to be a part of. Have we ever met an ambassador of joy? I'd like to hear from you, but first I'll, I'll share an experience that recently I had. Um, I met an ambassador of joy, total stranger. I was teaching in Texas, far away from home, and I was teaching a seminar, and this one young man, he was full of smiles during the seminar, and he was taking notes like crazy. And I'm like, wow, he's really enjoying this. And I'm thinking, I must be doing a good job. <laughs> And just smile ear to ear. Well, the class was over, and he left his notes behind. I read his notes. It said, praise the Lord, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. It wasn't all about the class. It was about God living in him, and he was an ambassador of joy to me. Once I found that out, it really struck my heart, because I'm often accused of being real serious. Um, it's probably a true accusation, <laughs> but um, I learned I gotta smile more. I gotta let that joy, it's inside, I gotta let it show a little bit more. So God has taught me to smile through that ambassador of joy. Can anybody share an experience that you've met an ambassador of joy? Nobody's ever experienced that? Oh, come on. Yes, please. You know what? Hold on. Hold on right there. We're going to hand you a microphone because we want to be able to hear it. Okay? All of you have seen her. Her name is Bethany. And she stands and she laughs and she greets everybody. She doesn't know that she is ignored sometimes. But she is. But she doesn't know that. She's God's ambassador. And I'm honored to see her smiling face. It touches me here. It just touches me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and that's a good example for me, too, because, yeah, I'm up here teaching, but socially I'm really shy. And, you know, here's an example of one that actually goes around and greets everybody and just showing and displaying that joy. Another example. Any other, other examples? You guys got to share your joy. You can't keep it to yourself. Come on. Yes. Uh, I'm where I used to work. There was somebody uh, quite close to me that had a, a bulletin board that said joy is a choice. And that, to me, was, is, still is an encouragement because often, uh, not that you need to choose to be joy, but you can choose not to be joyful in a lot of ways and be down. And, and when I see that and when I see her, I know she lives that out. And that's a very big encouragement, and I see that as an ambassador. Yeah. You know, you ever been down 
and you see somebody else that's joyful, you usually get mad at them? No, it lifts you up. In most cases, it lifts you up. You usually don't get angry at them because they're joyful and you're not. It lifts you up. And, and how wonderful it is that when, when we could, someone can display that joy, well, we're down. Yes, yeah, Siobhan. Uh, hold on. Wait for the microphone. Um, I had a recent experience. We were closing down our business, and one of the delivery guys, he was just always uh, positive, always happy, and um, I thanked him for that, you know? Business can be stressful, and when your delivery is com guy is coming in smiling, it kind of makes your day a little bit easier. And um, when I expressed my gratitude to him for always being so happy in what he does, um, he looked at me and he said along the same lines, um, it is my choice to spread happiness to others. So he... It wasn't even, you know, you might look at those people who just seem joyful all the time, and you're like, how can they go through life? Because you know their lives are not without struggle, but they're always so happy. And he just clearly communicated to me that it is a conscious effort, and it is a choice he makes every day to make somebody else's life a little happier with just something positive. I like that example. Even in, in, in work, and we're doing work things, you know, we have a Bible verse that says that a brother exhorted me once when I was first starting out my career, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So it's a good example. My son Noah, you know, if you ever, if you ever watch him, he, joy just overflows out of this kid. And it, and it just... He, he can't contain it. I mean, he's a, he has a constant smile. And everybody that we've, uh, you know, whether it's him playing baseball or, or at school, and, and we've always gotten comments that he has just this huge grin on his face. And, you know, he just he jumps up and down. I mean, he just he, he can't contain it. And it reminds me that, you know, sometimes it's the simplicity of, of a child's joy that, you know, they're, they're not aware of the, the stresses and the, and the things of this world. It's just pure joy in their hearts. And you can see it in it. And it touches my heart, and it reminds me that that's how I need to look at life a lot of times. Oh, what a wonderful example. You know, children are definitely ambassadors of joy. I can tell you many times where I've been down, and my youngest one will just come up to me, Dad, I love you. And, and I really think, oh, God sent this child to me. You know, as an ambassador for joy, it's just, it's wonderful how children can, can be like that for us. Other times they drive us nuts, but <laughs> it balances out, right? I think the joy outweighs the, the bad times, definitely, for sure. But, uh, yeah, children are definitely ambassadors of joy. Yes, we got microphone back there, please. I know of two sisters that are always, they seem to always be joyful. And uh, the one I know has gone through some stresses in her life. And you see her, she usually always has a smile on her face. And the older sister has a license plate. Got joy. I love it. Too far right now. Did you notice a young lady at the greeting table at dinner the last couple of days? 
the one that scans your card. Well, I had the joy of working with her a couple of days ago at dinner time, and she looks quite normal. However, you probably did not notice her two crutches behind the desk. Who noticed that? Thank you. Well, she is extremely crippled, cerebral palsy, and she was so joyful. When she asked, well, you guys asked her, did my card work? She didn't say no. She smiled and shook her head like this, and she was always smiling. The little time we spent together between scanning the cards, uh, a little bit of talk. Well, she was uh, two months early, and then she developed that sickness. And, but she was so joyful, you did not even notice on her. And that gave me such an uplifting. And yes, I did invite her for our uh, evening programs. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Thanks for sharing. We got time for one more. I want to hear one more. All right, right up here, or right up front. My experience about joy is is not actually one individual person. Mine was going to uh, Zambia, Africa, where uh, we're working with these children. And many of you guys may have heard me say this at different at different points, but. Um, where these children have absolutely, absolutely nothing. Most of them don't have shoes. They may have enough clothes on their body. They're, they're lucky to get one meal a day, and you have not seen happier people than, than what I met there. And, uh, and, and they, they are so content, and they, and they thank God every single day when they just, they have enough to eat for that particular day. But the joy, it grows on you. You cannot miss it. You, you get together with the group at the end of the day, and everybody comments on it every single day. It, it, it's just so noticeable when there's such a level of contentment and giving God thanks. They're probably the most difficult circumstances in the world. But yet, they're able to experience joy and also be ambassadors of that joy. Uh, wonderful example. There are many, many, many examples um, in really inspiration to us. And, and how do we get to be an ambassador of joy? Any thoughts on that? How do we get to that point to be an ambassador of joy, like the examples that we heard about? Yes, we have to, we got to let go, right? we got to let go sometimes. Let God work through us. Yes. Joy is the fruit of spirit. It's a part of God. It's a part of God's spirit. Yes, sir. We can start with a smile. Excellent. You know, it doesn't have to be super complicated and, and something that's, uh, you know, we've we got to, you know, spend hours of reading the Bible. It's simple. Sometimes it's very, very simple. And just a few kind words also with that. Perhaps a few kind words of, of edifying one another. Yes. Uh, Steve, did you have something? I'm sorry. Yeah, why don't you take the microphone? I said, I "Visit the sick, like our Christian duties, yeah. so to speak." Or sure, yeah. I absolutely. think just to go visit a sick person in the nursing home or the hospital brings a lot of joy to that person. 
Yeah. And it's really a simple task. It is. Sometimes the, these things are simple, yes. Sure. That, and I'm going to repeat a few words what you said. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, provoking to love and good works, right? And um, was mentioning that, you know, you could send a card uh, perhaps or something simple. And, and some are more gifted than that than others. If I send a card, they won't be able to read it, okay? But uh, my wife, she's got really good handwriting, so she can send one on our behalf. But, uh, you know, cards and notes and, and little things, little f- few kind words. Yes, Brother Bishop. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can type. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, you know, there's some real practical things and, and really wonderful, you know, we think about the, the importance of the Bible and how important it is that we obey what God commands us. And he says that we, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Think about that, how important it is, the role of being an ambassador, the role of being an ambassador for Christ. Tom? sing very good so does that matter so then we are in the category of hearers <laughs> okay all right and, and we both stay there <laughs> i'd like to have our first musical presentation of joy in action come down what's very interesting is marie's going to sing a song for us so we can experience joy in action and marie what is your middle name
definitely a joyful to listen to that. We all want you to help share in this joyful uh, experience of experiencing joy through music. We have a song that we would all like to sing here together. So uh, we have uh, piano being played. I'm going to go ahead and beam up the song. And before I, we actually, I hope you guys can see that okay. If not, you might need to move forward. But um, I would like to read perhaps uh, a verse, the first verse. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. The God of glory, Lord of love, hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. So let's sing a song.
Thank you, Carmen. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Marie. Thank you all for coming and sharing and being part of this joyful experience. So now go out there and be ambassadors of joy. Thanks.